Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Never will. and gratitude in this house the Lord's give us the victory today the Lord's give us the victory today hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Victory in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. while back a group of us went to, out to Colorado we went up a mountain it had a name it was Pike's Peak 14,000 feet or better and I think about that how massive that mountain is and even it would have to bow to Jesus because that mountain only stands by his word and it doesn't matter what your mountain is named and how massive it seems the scripture says that he was given a name that is above every name so it's, it's higher than whatever mountain you got there's a mountain of stress or a mountain of depression or a mountain of addiction or whatever it might it don't matter what it is mountain of sickness even it's got to bow to him that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess I'm thankful that he's the Lord and he's never lost a battle and he never will give him one more hand clap and shout of praise in this house don't you think whatever you're going through that Jesus has got his hands full there ain't nothing too hard for the Lord. Yeah, sometimes we go through things and we're like, we're so sure. Whew, Jesus might have met his match today. Really? I hope you don't really ever believe that. There's nothing too hard for him. And, and I can tell you this, that with every temptation, God will make a way of escape that you're able to bear it. And so I'm thankful today that the Lord is mindful of his people. Thank you for all of our home people here, all of our visitors that are here. Again, we're just glad you came to be with us. Appreciate our choir and our musicians today. Did an excellent job, like always. Just give them a hand. Appreciate our media, our sound, and all that they do. And uh, just thankful for them today. A lot of congratulations that need to go out got several that have had uh, babies. We've got uh, little babies being born everywhere, it seems like. Got a couple more on the way and uh, could be here anytime. So uh, we're thankful for that. Thankful. Uh, and then uh, thankful for all these, all these young folks getting engaged. Uh, Brother Allen, Sister Teresa got engaged. Praise the Lord. 
we're happy for you guys. Love you guys. And some other ones over Thanksgiving that got engaged. So we're just excited to see people being blessed in their lives. And, uh, and glad seeing the church grow. Amen. God's good to us. I just want to go ahead and pray for the, for the message. How about that? Let's lift our hands together and pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for your presence that we feel in this house already. And Lord, just let us hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, reach down and as you're knocking on the doors of our heart today, let us hear your voice and open. Let us realize that love that you have for us today. God, we're going to praise you for these things. We're going to praise you for these things. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise. What a great God. What a great God. You can be seated today. I'm going to, I'll be talking a little bit as I get into this before I even give you my title. just want to get into this and, and realize today, you know, people need to know today that the Lord loves them. There is no greater revelation that you will get than understanding, first and foremost, that Jesus loves you. It's hard to believe that with the way the world is sometimes, maybe. People try to equate the Lord to humanity sometimes because he was in the flesh, but but he he's not a man, just any man. And he wasn't just any man. And, and God does love us. Years ago, while we, we were in a prayer meeting, I, I, could, I tried my best to recall this gentleman's name today, but I used to love to just listen to him pray. And I used to remember his name, but as I get older, I find that is a little harder to do. But he would pray and say this, Lord, save me in spite of myself. And uh, and I I would just and I I would I, I adopted that and so, and I, often in my prayer I will say Lord just save me in spite of myself because I realize that uh, often I am just my own worst enemy and that there are things in my life that uh, oh Lord I just really need help with don't you sure you know you know the thing about those things. Is we don't want nobody else to know about them. Even the scripture says that men loved darkness <laughs> because at that time they, they wanted to be able to hide what they were doing. And, and, and it's a natural thing that, that uh, you know, uh, we would be mortified and shamed and embarrassed greatly if people knew everything about us because we want to be in control of how we are perceived we we want to control the narrative and so we put on our best face we we only reveal what we are comfortable with and then we bury the rest you know uh, if uh, if social media filters have taught me anything <laughs> People want to control the narrative, the way they are perceived. People don't have to diet. They can just Photoshop. Come on, man. Well, I guess I better move. But it's the truth anyway. And because of that, because of that fear, maybe of, you know, well, if they did know then they wouldn't like me, or even worse, they wouldn't love me if they really knew who I was. If I was really just open about it, people would not want to hang around me or, or really be near me anymore. I would be just a recluse, a hermit, and live my days alone. And, and it's that kind of mental perception that causes people to, I think, shy away from believing that Jesus could love them but he does 
from my scripture. I want to read one verse of scripture and pull it out of the middle of a story in John chapter 4. In verse 29, just leave that up there for a moment. Jesus is talking to a woman that she feels like he has no business speaking with her because of her nationality, and she tried to avoid anybody on her trip to the well because of her life. She just wanted to go get water and get back home as quickly as possible. But there's a statement that she makes here after her meeting with Jesus. And she is telling the people of her city, come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And so I want to preach for a few moments and Help us today with this thought. Despite all I ever did. You know what all means? All. And this woman said, he came and told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Well, I can tell you, it can't be anyone else. Because there is not another who can know every single facet of your life and still look at you and tell you, hey, I love you. He knows what you think. He knows what you say. He knows what you did. He knows where you've been. He knows everything about you, all. And that's something we don't ever want anybody to know. But the Scripture says that he even knows the number of hairs on our head. Not a lot of knowledge for some of you guys. Praise God. That was kind of lighting you up for a minute. Lord, forgive me. Uh, I, don't, I want to hold on to mine. Some of y'all look good like that. I don't. All is something that we never want anybody to know. We don't. We, we, that's why we, secrets, diaries, journals, things that we write our private thoughts in, and it's not for open reading. We, this is us, and we, uh, it helps us to get it out, but we don't want anybody else to know. That's why when people ask, hey, are you okay? We go, yeah, I'm good, because we don't you can ask my wife, that is my default standard answer. No, I'm good. That's it. That's because uh, I, I'm just that introverted kind of person. I just don't want people, I don't want to bother people. Just like, uh, see, y'all ain't the only one that does that. Why didn't y'all call me and tell me you were going to the hospital? Well, we didn't want to bother you, Pastor. This is what I do. You know, but, um, but it's, you know, we just don't want people to know. And that's okay, because we don't want to be busybodies. We don't want to be nosy. And it's not that God's being a busybody or nosy. It's just that he knows everything. And guess what? He loves you despite of it. Despite of everything you have ever done. Whether you, I mean, and I'm talking about, you mean he knows that? Yeah, whatever your mind just went to, he knows. When, when that worst thing that you have ever done just popped into your head, guess what? He was there. He was watching, and guess what? He loves you anyway. He didn't have to go, hmm, I don't know if I love them. He loves you because the Scripture says it is an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31 and 3, he told his people, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness I have drawn thee. He doesn't just love you, but he wants you to be close to him. He wants you to be near him, and, and it doesn't matter what you have done. He still loves you. Paul wrote in Romans 5 and 8, Paul was a man that could testify that God will love you anyway. Paul stood by and, and held the coats of the men who stoned Stephen to death. Paul himself had caused people to recant the name of Jesus and had cast them in the prisons and persecuted them and, and chased them and did all kinds of things against the name of Jesus. But God 
loved him. And God drew him. And, and he became a great preacher. And he wrote in Romans 5 and 8, But God, he commends his love toward us in that while. That means while you're in the middle of it. If you do something while you're driving, it's as you are operating the vehicle. And so he says, while you were sinners. So while you were in the middle of doing what was wrong, while you were in the middle of living that life that was contrary to the word of God, he loves you and he died for us. Jesus died for us. So I don't even know him. It didn't matter because he knows you. When you were formed and before you were formed in the womb, he already knew you and he loved you. And he knew that as you walked this earth that you would make the decisions you made. And he's like, but I love them anyway. Because without love, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Well, there's a stipulation that comes with that because if Jesus is really a friend, and we know he is, the Bible also says that a friend loveth at all times. And so guess what? This isn't just for people who don't know him. Church, saints, musicians, singers, pastors, preachers. It's for us that might forget sometimes and think I've messed up so bad that he don't love me anymore. If he's your friend, he loves you at all times. And his love can cover a multitude of sin. And his love can get you back on the right track. All. Hey, guys, I want you to meet a man that knows everything I've ever done. You know what most of us want to do to somebody who knew everything about us? Bury them. You need to go somewhere where you can't talk no more. You need to get away because I don't want nobody to know everything I've ever done. And guess what? We don't. We don't know everything you've ever done. But there is one who knows everything. And he loves you anyway. He loves us despite everything we have ever done. And honey, I can promise you that when my mind goes back, it makes me shudder. Uh, I mentioned this Wednesday night. I said, I, I can't even fathom how that was the person that I was. And it just shows and proves the change that God can make in people's lives. Because, friend, you can do and be and try to clean yourself up in this world and, and be your, the best form of yourself that you can be. But it still won't pass the test. Psalm 39 and 5 says, Verily every man at his best state, when he is at the best that he can be, when he is just doing all he can do, if it's just his own works, then it is vanity. It won't mean anything. It won't matter up to anything. It won't matter how well we spin it. Or how well we hide it. We can smile and carry on. But it is still vanity. Because there's, you, you can fool your neighbor. You can fool. Hey you know what. You can fool your mama or your daddy. You can fool your pastor. But you can't fool the Lord. There is always one who knows. And despite all that you or I or anybody else has ever done. That we have covered up. That we have hid away in our a closet full of bones you're loved anyway you can't do nothing about it you can't stop God from loving you you can't stop him from loving you he's going to love you you need to tell somebody next to you you're loved anyway and not just by me but by Jesus <laughs> by the Lord you know this is how I, what I love about the Lord, in, in the book of Mark, there's a young man who finds the Lord and he says, good master, what can I do to have eternal life? The Lord says, well, you know the scriptures. So he said, oh yeah, well, I, I've done all that since I was a youth. And at that point, 
in the book of Mark, chapter 10. Uh, it says, and Jesus beholding him. He's looking at him. He's beholding him. He, he heard him just testify to how he had done his best to live right and keep the commandments. And Jesus beholding him, loved him. First and foremost, you need to know he loved him. And then he said unto him, one thing you lack. He loved him and he knew that he lacked. He knew there was a place in his life that wasn't right. He knew there was something more that he needed to be doing. But that didn't stop him from loving him. And just because, man, you're struggling in an area, it doesn't stop God from loving you. And just because you don't know him like maybe everybody else knows him, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. And just because you've made a mistake and fallen flat on your face, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He said, I, man, just, I want to know what that look was. Because it doesn't say Jesus told him, hey, I love you. But the look on his face, the writer here must have saw, as Jesus looked at him and said, the look on his face was nothing but love. He didn't look like, mm, I don't know about that because Jesus knows everything. But that didn't cause him to react any other way except to say, hey, I love you. I love you, but there's one thing you lack. Go and sell whatever you have. Give to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. He told him. He told him what to do. You see, here's the thing. Is that the love that God gives, gives us opportunity. Come on, you need to hear that. He lacked, but he was loved. And so the Lord, what does the scripture say? The Lord corrects the ones that he loves. His love provides opportunity to do it better, to get it right, to try again, to get up and keep going. Hey, if, if, it, if it didn't, Peter never makes it to Pentecost because on, on, when he denied the Lord three times, the Lord could have said, I'm done with you. He didn't take the keys away. He didn't pull his ministry card. He didn't do any of that. He just said, I'll see you on Pentecost. Praise God. He loved him anyway. The love that Jesus had for Peter gave Peter opportunity to repent, get it right. The love that Jesus had for this man, he said, man, I've done all these things since my youth. Yeah, I love you. You're missing it right here. So here's what you need to do. That those words were words of love. I love you. So instead of saying, mm, because you missed the mark, I'm going to kick you out, here's what you need to do. And that's what the Lord's doing in this place today. I love you despite yourself. In spite of all you've ever done, all you've ever been, and where have you gone, what have you said, and what have you thought, I love you. And the reason I love you is so that you can get it right. And today just might be your day to get it right. Today might just be your day to say, you know what? I have been looking for something else. I've been trying to find something that would help me. I need what Jesus has. Because when you have done everything that you know to do and you still feel like I'm not satisfied, that's because there's some things that only Jesus can satisfy. And when he talked to that woman and that woman told those men, come see a man that told me everything, all that I have ever done. Isn't this the Christ? Got to be him. That can't be anybody else. It's got to be him because nobody else could love like that. The Bible says God is love. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That love is pulling people, changing people, restoring people, refreshing people. That love is giving people opportunity to get it right. And when we go back to the story of this woman in John chapter 4, I want to read just read some of this conversation between Jesus and this woman. In verse 7, it said, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. He was saying, Give me this imperfect water. Give me the stuff that you are daily doing, trying to find satisfaction. Because I know that this water will leave you to thirst again. Give me the imperfect so I can give you what is perfect. 
she had a water pot that, and, and she was coming to draw and, and he told her that this water will leave you thirsty but the water I give you'll never thirst again. He said, You're, and, and, and we know the symbolism that it's not just about water but it's about the things that we do daily trying to fill this need that only he can fill. Trying to make ends meet that only he can make meet and, and trying to do what only he was meant to do. And he loved this woman. He didn't care where she was from. He didn't care what she had done. In verse 8, he said the disciples, they were going away to the city to buy meat. But in verse 9, he said to the woman, "How is?" or she said to him, How is it that you are a Jew and you ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So why do you want anything? Then we do that. God, why do you want anything to do with me? I can't believe you would even speak to me. I can't believe that you would consider me after all the things that I have done, the way I've acted, the way I've behaved, the things I've been involved in. I cannot believe that you would shed your blood, wash my sins away, fill me with the Holy Ghost. But Jesus told her in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that said to you, give me to drink, then you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. You wouldn't be so surprised if you just knew who was offering. If you just knew that it was the Lord. If you knew, you would know that I love you more than you can imagine. Do you need to hear me in this house today? If you really knew how much Jesus loved you, Nothing could hold you back from falling on your knees and lifting your hands and saying, God, give me this living water. If you knew him and knew how much he loved you and what he had done for you and how he had paid that price for you, there ain't, you know, say wild horses. Wild horses couldn't keep you from the altar, couldn't keep you from the baptistry, couldn't keep you from lifting your hands saying, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. You would know that the Lord would tell you, I don't care, I don't care about any of this world's disqualifying factors. The Jews did not in that day have dealings with the Samaritans. It was right. But Jesus don't he don't play by them rules. He said, I don't care about the past. I don't care about lines of division. If you knew me, you would know it's okay to ask because I love you. In verse 16, Jesus begins to dissect her life. He said, go call your husband and come hither. The woman said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, I'm glad you didn't lie. <laughs> I paraphrased, but he, I'm glad you didn't lie. But he said, you're right. The one you have is not your husband. Or that you have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband and that you said truly we realize right here that Jesus we, we find out what she's now beginning to understand that Jesus already knew her situation when he sat down to talk with her he already knew her past when he sat down to talk with her he already knew where she was from and when he sat down to talk with her he didn't care because he loved her and it did not disqualify her from the offer. It was the reason for the offer. See, everything that you try to pile up for the reason that Jesus don't love you, that's exactly the reason why he does. When you try to say, here's all my disqualifications, the Lord said, you got it wrong. That's your qualifications. Because they that are whole don't need a physician, but those that are sick, those that are lacking are the ones that need what I got. And so when you bring your dirty laundry list, he said, give me that, I'll wash it. Isaiah 1 and 18, the Lord said, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I don't know what we did to get blood on us. I don't know what we did to stain our garments, but I do know that Jesus can make them white as snow. The old song said he paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. 
There was nobody that could get rid of this stuff except Jesus. We need him today. That's the God we serve. And this is why this woman can come to no other conclusion. Though she had just met him, there was no other answer she could fathom except, is not this the Christ? And this is why she tells these men, come see a man that knows everything. She, she understood that Messiah would know because she said when Messiah comes, he's going to tell us these things. And the Lord said, let me open your understanding. I that speak unto thee am he. And let me open your understanding today. That little nudge you're feeling in your spirit, in your insides right now, is him. Saying, hey, the preacher's talking to you today. Because I know you, you, you got, you're, you're dressed up nice, you look good, you're smiling at everybody, but I still see. But I still love you. And we need to fix it. We need to fix it. We need to fix it. The Lord loves you today. Is there anyone else besides him who could take our imperfections Take our sin. Know everything that we have ever done and still offer us living water. Is there anybody else that could do it? The Lord prayed in the garden before they took him away to crucify him. And he said, if it's possible, take this cup. If it's possible, Lord, take this cup, Father. Take it away from me. But if it won't pass except I drink it, then your will be done. What he saw in that cup, the sin, the suffering, the things that we had done, that cup was full of the things we would do. It was full of the heartache and the pain and the sickness and depression and all the things that that, uh, he would have to go to the cross for. And he said, if it's the only way that it will pass is for me to drink it, then nevertheless, your will be done. God was in Christ. God is love. And God was reconciling the world unto himself. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 1, it says, And you. Why don't you point at somebody and say you? Because that's who he's talking to. Me. Now point at yourself and say, and me. And me has he quickened. I was dead in trespasses and sin. In times past when I walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or our behavior in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins even when we were dead in sins he has quickened us together with Christ and by grace you are saved yeah yeah you me yes you you ain't got to move your head or shake it or even say nothing out loud. But in your brain, there's a voice going, he ain't talking about you. The Lord don't love you. He ain't got nothing for you. You messed up too bad. He's, not going, he's, not, he's preaching to everybody else but you. No, I'm talking to you. If you're hearing my voice, I'm talking to you. If you're in this room, I'm talking to you. If you're in this city, I'm talking to you. If they could hear me. If, if this could be broadcast around the world, I would be talking to every. Uh, breathing soul on this planet I'm talking to you today that even when you were a sinner he loved you and he died for you so that you could be reconciled unto him he wanted to change you we talked Wednesday night about a wonderful change what a wonderful change that the Lord has has wrought in my life and what he has done the things he has called me out of things that I am no longer well come back here Last part of my notes, trying to get away. Honey, you can come to the music.
I read this Wednesday night, and I read it again simply in the light of understanding what a great change Jesus has made or can make in your life. Because if you were not here and you've never heard this verse of Scripture, you're going to hear a list of things that we would say disqualify us. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. If there was no God, we would be in trouble. But verse 11 says, and such were some of you. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That list of things in verse 9 and 10 are despicable. And the Lord said, and those are the ones that I washed with my blood. That I have covered with my name. That I have put my spirit. He has put his spirit in people who are drunkards. Yeah, idolaters. Who are thieves. Yeah, he's put his spirit in people that that's who they were. But it's only Jesus that can make that change. We will never be good enough on our own. And you know what? We don't have to be. Because there's only one good. That's God. Jesus said it himself. Why are you calling me good? There's only one good. Quit measuring yourself. There's only one good. That's God. And he loves you in spite of all you've done, all you've said, all you've thought. If you found yourself on that list that I just read, don't be worried. Jesus can fix that. If you were on that list at one time, then you ought to praise God. I said it the other night, I'm glad I'm in verse 11 now. I have lived through verse 9 and 10. I'm glad that I am camped out in verse 11. (laughs) Washed and sanctified and justified. Praise God. Stand with me this morning. Uh, It seems too good to be true, don't it? That someone could just love you no matter what. But that's the Lord. He loves you no matter what. And he said that I stand at the door and knock. He's talking about. He's trying to enter your life. He he won't just force his way in. But he said. I'm knocking on your door. I'm trying to get your attention today. And if you'll hear. What I just said to you through my word. You'll hear my voice and open up, then I'll come in. You know, a lot of times we don't like people coming into our house because that's our sanctuary and what goes on behind closed doors and everything's messed up. It's I've had time to straighten up or to, to dust or to mop or to vacuum, so you know, we don't mind talking to people through the door, but the Lord said, I'm not just going to stand out here forever. But he don't care if there's dishes in the sink. He don't care if there's dirt on the floor. He said, just let me come in. It'll all be different. He doesn't care about where you've been. He's more concerned about where you're going. 
And so he's working to get your attention today. And so if you need to come to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. If you need to find a place, the Bible tells us if we have faults, confess them. And he's faithful to forgive us. If you've never even repented ever, then today's the day you can find a place of repentance. Say, God, I'm sorry for the life I lived. And the Lord will just come right in and begin to bless your life and help you find the things that you've been looking for. So while she's playing this morning, I just give this altar call. And saints, that you'll come. Visitors, you'll come. If you don't know the Lord, I hope you'll come. And there'll be somebody that would pray with you and tell you, hey, I love you just like the Lord does. Can I pray with you today? Can I help you today? Can I help you see that in spite of who you might think you are? Jesus loves you anyway. Let's find a place to pray today.
man, that song is so real. I wonder if we could, if you, if you would just, just for me for a moment, if not anything else, but all across the room, let's stand if we can. And as she sings this and leads this one more time, it's very easy to get after she sings to it. Let's sing this to the Lord. And then let's believe it. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. And as, as you're singing it, I want you to believe it and receive it into your spirit and realize that no matter what comes my way, nothing will make me not believe that Jesus does not love me. Let's sing it again, darling. And let's sing it to the Lord. Let's just sing it out to the Lord and let's just worship Him another moment together. Come on, God's doing some great things in here right now. He loves you. accident or deliberate. He just loves us. What a great love. What a great God. Amen. Give him one more hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. I want to say thank you again to all of our people being here, all of our visitors. And uh, James, nice to have met you. Molly, nice to have met you. Glad you're here. Sister Van Meter, thank you for being with us. And I, I'm sure I've missed somebody, but I'm going to make sure I get around the room. Don't run out. Let me shake your hand. I'm glad you're here with us today. The choir, don't forget you've got lunch going to be served in the gymnasium. They probably they need time before they head up there. Who's doing that? Need a little time? Oh, going to meet in the hallway right there where you have coffee first, okay? So uh, choir, as soon as you can. Get over there so y'all can get to that. Y'all got a long day of practicing, getting ready for our uh, Christmas service next Sunday. One service at 12 next Sunday, so don't forget that. Uh, this Wednesday night, the Lord willing, Brother Christopher Guy will be preaching, so don't miss that. Looking forward to that. Be a good time. Going to be great. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.